We'd like to thank Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for helping to underwrite the Building Through Him podcast. In the last year alone, Notre Dame FCU served more than 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. Learn more at NotreDameFCU.com. Hello, welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. I am Mary Jo Parrish, founder of Kingdom Builders, and today's episode is Heights of the Holy Spirit. And just so you know, you are always loved and always welcome here. So we always like to start off with some funny stories because the Lord loves the sound of our laughter. So I was picking up my daughter from school to take her to the dentist's office, and I didn't bring floss or a toothbrush, so she had eaten lunch, and so she was irritated. She didn't get to go home first and brush and floss her teeth, and she was like, Mom, I didn't have time to floss my teeth. And I said, you don't even floss your teeth. And she's like, yeah, but now when I go to the dentist, they're going to know that I don't floss my teeth. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, people finding out about uh, the sin of not flossing our teeth, cracking me up. My son, Joseph, he's six. He was riding in the car and talking to my sister. And it had rained a bunch that day. And they were kind of driving around and they saw a rainbow in the sky. And Joseph said, Aunt Sheely, you know what rainbows are for? And she's like, what are they for? So they kind of he kind of explains what's going on. And she's like, you're right, Joseph, you're right. God's not going to flood the earth again. That's so good, buddy. And they keep driving, and they're kind of going through these fields, and there's this dip in the road, and there's lots of water in that dip. And so they go through this dip in the water, and the water kind of sprays outside the car, and and Joseph looks up and says, What the heck, God? You said you wasn't going to flood you off again. The speech impediment makes everything so much cuter. Just love it. it. makes me smile. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hunger he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise, to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Amen. So in Kingdom Builders, we always talk about our foundation. We have three things in our foundation. We pray for a minimum of 10 minutes a day that allows us to fully receive the Father's love, which is always pouring out, but we take the time to actually receive it. The second thing is we go to church on Sunday. That's a divine commandment, not a suggestion. So we make sure we're getting to church on Sundays. And then the third thing is we're staying in a state of grace. If we are struggling with any serious sin, that we embrace God's mercy and we get to the sacrament of reconciliation or self-help group or counseling session, whatever we need to do to be completely free of that heavy sin so that we can receive all the graces that our Lord wants to give us. And then when we have that foundation, we continue to build ourselves, build others, and build the church. But it needs to be in that order. So today we're talking about the heights of the Holy Spirit. So being a parent, It's very unappreciated by the children. So from the moment that our kids wake up until they rest their head on their pillow, as parents, 
we're loving them, protecting them, providing for them. And often they're not even thankful. They just rest comfortably with the blessings in their lives, but they don't even actually thank the parents for them. In fact, sometimes it's the complete opposite. My kids can remember like a meatloaf I burned in 1964, but they get trained in forgetting all of the other things I do on a daily basis, all the other meals that I cook for them on a daily basis. And so that spirit of almost like ungratefulness or just taking it for granted, a lot of times runs strong through our kids. And I was no different. Like as a child, I was the same way. And this is an embarrassing story, so of course I have to tell it. But when I was 18, I was in the Navy, and one of my buddies, who was a guy, we found out that if we were married, the Navy would pay you more money. And so we are super excited to get more money. And I called home and told my mom that I'm going to marry this guy who I didn't like, wasn't attracted to, nothing. And she started bawling. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, mom, fine, I won't marry him. So I went back and told him, well, I can't marry you. And my mom totally made a big deal out of it. My mom ruins everything. And then two months later, I met my husband, who I've been married to for 27 years. And so even then, like, I couldn't appreciate, even at 18 years old, the wisdom that my mom was giving me then. And that's very true for kids now. So we had to ask ourselves, are we still acting like kids sometimes? Are we unimpressed with our Heavenly Father? Have we forgotten that our entire life, He has been faithful? We've been held in His hands. He's been good. This is from Revelations 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All things come from Him and are created to go back to Him. And with the distractions of this world, this is actually easy to forget. But if we pay attention, the evidence of His faithfulness and His goodness are all around us. This is from Isaiah 12. Give thanks to the Lord. Acclaim His name. Among the nations, make known His deeds. Proclaim how exalted is His name. Sing praise to the Lord for His glorious achievement. Let this be known throughout all the earth. And there's a gift that happens when we praise His name, when we recognize the beauty in our lives. There's a blessing that pours forth from that. And so we're actually going to take a moment in this podcast, and I want you to think about it. If you're not driving, I just ask you to pause from what you're doing. Like, just close your eyes and just ask the Holy Spirit to make aware anything that you should be thankful for. And you can think it can be for clean water. It can be a desk. It can be a bed that you sleep on. Just I want you to close your eyes. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. Unveil the things I should be thankful for. And I just want you to say out loud, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I encourage you to do that every day if possible because it just changes the brain chemistry to like make connections where there weren't before. It's the spirit of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. 
And in that spirit of gratitude, we're able to recognize the things of God and the things not of God. So I have a family member who is in and out of an emotionally abusive relationship. And so I wanted to kind of read up a little bit more on it to make sure I understood the pain that she was experiencing and and how to help and support her in that. And as I'm reading these emotionally abusive techniques used by abusers, I was like, man, these seem really familiar. What is that? It's because Satan uses those same tactics. He uses these lies to attempt to destroy or distort our relationship with God. Satan's always trying to convince us that God is not good because he, if he tried to fight with God himself, he would lose. So he tries to defeat those that God loves the most, us. And one of his favorite covert tactics is gaslighting. So what's gaslighting? A lot of people have heard of it, but they're not actually sure what it is. It's when an abuser puts forth a false narrative about what has happened or what is happening, and it causes the victim to question themselves constantly, like believing they're not remembering correctly, or maybe they're mentally ill, or the actions of the abuser are their own fault. And so the voice of an abuser, and this can be someone in a relationship with you, this can be a parent, so a parent, spouse, boyfriend, just a friend, might sound something like this. Did that really happen? I think your memory is acting up again. You're probably confused. Maybe you're slowly going crazy. That's probably why you're alone. No one wants to be around you. You're not worthy of love. You're unlovable. You deserve to be treated badly. And so maybe one or two of those would be something that you would hear if you were the victim of abuse, emotional abuse. The crazy thing is, the first gaslighting recorded in history actually takes place in the Bible. It's in Genesis. So if you remember back when God created this beautiful garden and Adam and Eve, he said, you are free to eat from any of the trees of the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. From that tree you shall not eat. When you eat from it, you shall die. And so this is where Satan comes in with his gaslighting. Now the snake was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He asked the woman, Did God really say you shall not eat from any of the trees of the garden? Right there you see a lie. The woman answered the snake, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, You shall not eat it or even touch it, or else you shall die. Well, God didn't say anything about touching it, right? It's like one lie leads to another lie. And so we have to recognize, like, when Satan's gaslighting, one of the most powerful tactics he uses in gaslighting is part lie and part truth. And then he twists for maximum impact. Have you ever seen, like, a blade, like, on either side? Part lie, part truth, twist, and then he stabs us with it, right? And so when we take a step back, we can kind of recognize what he's doing so that we are not influenced by that. So let's kind of, like, walk through that, what Satan responds to Eve. But the snake said to the woman, You certainly will not die. God knows well that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like gods who know good and evil. 
So part of what he's saying in that verse is true and part of it's false. So let's look at that. But the snake said that a woman, you certainly shall not die. Okay? So demons are legalistic. God did not mean that type of death, right? This was Satan's way to try to make them believe that God is not good. And then Satan says, God knows well that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. That's true, but not in the way he's selling it, right? Then he says, you will be like gods. That is false. Who know good and evil. That's true. They do. They know good and evil afterwards, right? And so you see the lies and the truth kind of mixed in. How, how confusing that is. So let's break this down into something Satan might say to you. Because that's Adam and Eve. Okay, that's nice. But give me application. I need real life application. Mary Jo, you're always making mistakes. God sent his son to die for you. This is how you repay him. God is disgusted by you. Okay, so let's break it down. You're always making mistakes. Is that true? It is true. I am the most ADD, forgetful, mistake-making person in all the world. Like, I am a hot mess all the time. I am constantly making mistakes. You're right. I'm making mistakes all the time. That's true. God sent a son to die for you. Yes, that is true. God sent a son to die for me, right? God sent a son to die for you. That's how much he loves us. That's true. Let's go to the third part of that statement. This is how you repay him. God is disgusted by you, okay? That's the false that's the false part. God loves us, totally in love with us, right? His mercy never fails. And that's the truth of it. His mercy constantly comes. So when we recognize the true parts and the false parts, then we can kind of take a step back and then own it. Okay, this is the true. This is the false. And then I'm not going to let any of those false parts tear me down. It's important to remember three things during the covert attacks of the enemy. The first one is God is good, okay? When I was working with Joseph again, and I was saying something, he was, he was like questioning God. Well, if God did this, he made a bad choice. And I said, Joseph, God is good all the time. And he's like, and all the time, God is good. How come everybody has to keep saying God is good all the time, all the time, God is good? And I was like, well, because he is good all the time. And we can't stop saying that enough because Satan's trying to convince us otherwise, right? If we feel like God is not good, or we fall too often into listening to Satan's lies, that gaslighting, we need more of God's truth. And that is his voice that can be found in his word, this is from John 18, 37. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. So that truth is found in the Word of God. So if you're like, hmm, where do I even begin? The Bible seems like this big chunk of mystery to me and overwhelming, and I don't want to actually look at it. Yeah, like, for one, just recognize, like, that does get overwhelming. Let's just start with the readings that are going to be proclaimed at the Mass the, the upcoming weekend. Always when we're preparing for the Mass with the Word, the Mass will come alive completely. So just going into the readings and praying with the Word and it's like, what is this? What's God saying to me? What sticks out? That's really powerful. And we know that through doing that, that He will renew us in His love. 
And we remind ourselves through that, that he actually not only loves us, he rejoices over us. It's from Zephaniah chapter 3. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior. He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. He will sing joyfully because of you. It's pretty powerful. He sings joyfully because of you. Yes, I will accept that truth. So the second thing we remember when we're struggling with these covert attacks is that we have authority in the name of Jesus, right? We have authority in his name. We were created in love and for love. So whether these covert attacks occur through a human being or Satan or both, they are real and they are painful because they are not love. They're not. How do we use his name and claim that freedom for which we were born? It's that renounce, remove, receive. And if you listen to the podcast before, you already know where I'm going with this. Um, if this is your first time, you are about just to be freed of so many things. So you're just going to repeat after me. So if any of these you're struggling with, you're just going to break off. You're going to break those off. And we're going to say this out loud because demons cannot read our thoughts. You're going to speak it. The power of your word is powerful, right? So just repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of shame. I renounce the spirit of shame. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of loneliness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of loneliness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of abuse. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of abuse. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of trauma. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of trauma. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of confusion. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of confusion. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of hopelessness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of hopelessness. Okay, and now we're going to go to the lies. So there's some of the spirits that are common with gaslighting. Let's look at some of the lies. Okay, you ready? Repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that what I want doesn't matter. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that what I want doesn't matter. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that God is not good. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that God is not good. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am unlovable. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am unlovable. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am crazy. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am crazy. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have a bad memory. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have a bad memory. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I deserve to suffer. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I deserve to suffer. Okay, so you broke all of those. You broke them. And now we're just going to ask Jesus to come and take them away. So I always like to think of it as if you're in a garden and you were pulling all these weeds and you put them in the wheelbarrow. Now Jesus is going to take them away. So you're going to repeat after me. Jesus, please come take these lies. Jesus, please come take these lies. These spirits and any related spirits, these spirits and any related spirits, away from me, away from me. Okay, so he took them away. Now we're just going to let the Father pour his blessing over us. Father, please fill me with your peace. Father, please fill me with your peace. Your trust, your trust, your goodness and hope, your goodness and hope, your love and your grace, your love and your grace, and your truth, Lord, and your truth, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so now all those are removed. 
and the Father's just poured all those blessings upon you, okay? So you're going to feel a sense of freedom that you didn't feel before, and we just celebrate that. And those are tools that you can use anytime in the future. So the third way we're conscious of Satan's covert attacks is recognizing that there's a law of gradualism. So what does that mean? It means that we're encouraged to grow closer to God and His will for our lives in a step-by-step manner that we don't assume that we're going to jump from an initial conversion to the heights of holiness in one leap, right? Because Jesus celebrates every baby step that we make towards Him. And no matter how many times we fall backwards, He celebrates us coming forwards every time. God is a gentle Father. And we know that in abusive relationships, it takes the victim on average seven times to leave the abusive partner, seven times. And that's because it takes time for the Lord to heal hearts and to remind us to whom we belong. But we just remember that God's mercy never fails, never. And we're patient with ourselves and others who fall victim to those lies. And we continually try to recognize Satan's covert attacks in our lives. We use our authority to renounce those lies in spirits. And we trust that our Heavenly Father continually awaits us and those we love with mercy and open arms. His goodness is always running after us. So this is another part that's just kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. Just because we know God's truth, right? We know God's truth. And let's say we even recognize his lies. We know God's truth and can recognize lies. It doesn't actually mean that we're going to live a holy life. It doesn't. Why is that? How do we climb the bridge from knowing God's truth, recognizing the lies and renouncing them, to living in holiness? Like, how do we get to that living in holiness part? What, What do we need there? How do we climb it? We don't actually climb it. His love surrounds us, and the Holy Spirit becomes our bridge. The Holy Spirit is what lifts us to new heights. So I was talking to um, Builder's sister, and she has a daughter who's a rock climber. And we were discussing that her daughter is just not into the faith as an adult. And she's not looking at other churches and different types of meditation to fulfill this longing for God that she's just not found within the church. And as a parent, it's actually like super sad because we spend our whole life teaching our kids how to find the right climbing shoes and belts and hooks and ropes and protein snacks, et cetera, so that when it comes time to climb on their own, they're ready. You know, we're preparing our kids for this journey all along. And sometimes our kids get to the rock and, you know, we have them all with this equipment and packed backpacks and everything. And they put one foot on the rock and they're like, yeah, not feeling it. I'm going to look for something else. And it's like, are you kidding me? You didn't even try. And just like climbing, like rock climbing, that journey to heaven is an adventure. No matter how much we're prepared, no matter how many books we read, no how many theology classes we've excelled in, embracing the Holy Spirit, actually allowing Him to lift us, to raise up to a life of holiness, will be unique for each of us. We can be taught about how to climb, the dangers, all these different things. But the climber must say, if they want to reach greater heights, the climber must say, 
yes, I want the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just going to ask you right now, do you want the Holy Spirit? Do you want the Holy Spirit to lift you to new heights? And just say out loud, yes, I want the Holy Spirit. Of course, we want the Holy Spirit, right? And so that bridge of knowing God's truth to living a life of holiness is the Holy Spirit. And our yes to the Holy Spirit, that continues daily. That's not like a one-time thing. And the glory of heights that we reach is endless. No matter where we are spiritually, God is inviting us to even more the Holy Spirit and to go higher. This is from Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. The higher we go, the better we shall hear the voice of Christ. And that's so true. It's like no matter where we are, there's more. There's always more. So in Luke 3.16, John says, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John just doesn't say the Holy Spirit. Let's pause with that. He says Jesus is coming to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. That fire is the love of God burning within us. Does anyone not want the love of God burning within them? We all want it, right? We all desire that heights the Holy Spirit and that fire within us. Absolutely. And for the last two years, we have seen so many marks of the enemy, so many covert attacks. And you can recognize it, the three C's, is confusion, chaos, conflict. If ever I'm around an event or a person who creates confusion, chaos, conflict, I'm like, ooh, I just am very cautious because those are marks of the enemy. And we have experienced enough of that, right? We're done with that. No more. In the name of Jesus, no more. We are claiming the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And we are preparing for His outpouring. And we're taking off that robe of mourning and misery and putting on the splendor of God's glory. Because the face of the earth is being renewed. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. The Holy Spirit is raising us to new heights. And we boldly prepare for Jesus this Advent as we allow the Holy Spirit to reign within us. Here is the body of the Lord, present, wrapped not in swaddling clothes, but in the rays of the Holy Spirit, St. John Christendom. Come, Holy Spirit, send forth the heavenly radiance of your light. Come, Father of the poor, come, giver of gifts, come, light of the heart. Greatest comforter, sweet guest of the soul, sweet consolation, in labor rest, in heat temperance, in tears solace, most blessed light, fill the inmost heart of your faithful. Without your grace there is nothing in us, nothing that is not harmful. Cleanse that which is unclean, water that which is dry, heal that which is wounded, Bend that which is inflexible, fire that which is chilled, correct what goes astray. Give your faithful, those who trust in you, the sevenfold gifts. Grant the reward of virtue, grant the deliverance of salvation, grant eternal joy. Amen. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at 
buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.